Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, happy birthday, 4th of July. Happy birthday to our country. Tomorrow's the day, 242 years old. God bless America. That's a long time, 242 years. Some days I wonder if we're going to make 243 and 244 and 245. We are going through trying times. Tensions are great in this country. I'm going to be, I have a birthday this week. I'm going to be 83 years old Friday. Uh, I've seen tensions in my lifetime. The worst I have seen up till now, because this is the worst in my lifetime. Previous to this, however, was the Vietnam War, the late 60s into the early 70s. Boy, tensions were high at the time. Uh, It was very bad. But again, this is worse. I remember, though, Vietnam distinctly. Uh, I remember for a number of reasons. I was married. I had four children. And I had a mortgage. I just bought a house. Uh, And uh, things were tough. People were marching in the streets. Protests were different then, though. They were more organized. Uh, they just were more organized, that's all, And uh, but they were bad. And there were shootings and there was everything else. The government went a little crazy at the time in trying to enforce the laws. But again, that was bad. Today is worse. This is so bad it could be the end of our country, I sometimes think. But then I, I happen to believe that we've gotten through other bad things. We'll get through this. The worst in our history, the worst time in our history previous to this time we are in now was in the 1850s when, you know, a slave state or a free state. That was the issue every time that we were going to get a new state, slave or free, trying to keep the balance, which led up, of course, to the Civil War. That was the worst. Vietnam was bad. I believe that we are entering into very bad times right now because of our leadership. So, but I still say, God bless us. Happy birthday, America. Enjoy your day tomorrow. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your barbecue, whatever you do. Now, do do you notice that this past week has been different from the last several weeks, from the last few months? It's been awfully quiet politically. I mean, we hear Trump's going to go visit Putin. Trump's got a NATO conference coming up. Trump's got this. Trump's got that. Where's Rudy Giuliani? He was out there for a couple of months. Every day he had something to say. Where are all the other parasites that have been supporting our president and sticking with him? Merely because they're now with the president and this is a big deal for them. It's been very quiet. We haven't heard from the Trump supporters. And why is that? It's only this past week that all of a sudden, this blanket of quiet, this blanket of calm is upon us. And I believe... I believe it's because of Michael Cohen, you know, the dear friend, the attorney for a lifetime for Donald Trump. It seems like he's going to flip and he's going to cooperate with the authorities against Trump. And I think if anyone can do it and put Trump down, it's going to be Michael Cohen because he was with this guy every day for years. He knows where the bodies are. Okay, very simple. He knows where the bodies are. And perhaps because they sense the death knell coming, people like Giuliani have opted right now to remain quiet. 
Now, we're told there's a guardian angel. We all have a guardian angel. Uh, you know, and that God watches out for us. Depending how you believe, where you believe, if you believe, it could very well be true. I, I think there have been two uh, episodes this past week which reflect that, boy, some people have a guardian angel. Let me talk first about something which just occurred about 24 hours ago, 36 hours ago. A 33-year-old crew member on a cruise vessel called the Norwegian Gallery, 28 miles off North Cuba, a 33-year-old crew member, party boat, people on vacation, he fell off the boat. Somebody saw him falling off. Uh, The ship went into reverse. It went back. It searched around. They couldn't find him. The Coast Guard was notified. Planes were up in the air. They had a big search area. They couldn't find him. The next day, the next day, 22 hours later, you're not going to believe this, the next day, 22 hours later, another cruise ship was going by in the opposite direction, and not in the search area, by the way, uh, and it was called the Carnival Glory, and one of the stewards, hotel stewards on the ship, he saw a man in the water. And yes, you're right, you got it. It was the guy who fell off the, he was the crew man who fall, fell off the ship the previous day. Uh, they found him 21 miles uh, off the north coast of Cuba, and so they recovered him. They picked him up. They lowered a lifeboat, went out and got him. He's fine today, okay? They treated him on board. He's in stable uh, condition. His recovery has been described as miraculous. It has to be miraculous. And that's why I say this man had to have a guardian angel looking over him. He had to have the guardian angel sitting on one shoulder and God on the other. He's in the ocean for 22 hours. He doesn't have a life jacket or anything. He's treading water. Fortunately, this is a good time of the year to be in the ocean. The water is warm. The water is calm at this time of the year. I don't know how the sharks avoided him, but God bless him. His guardian angel was there, and the dear Lord was there, and this man is saved. Would you believe it? It is miraculous. Now, another miracle. This is equally as good. Thailand. In the last 48 hours, this has been going out in Thailand. In the northern part of Thailand, a Thai youth soccer team. Twelve boys and their coach. Twelve boys and their coach. These boys, by the way, uh, are between 11 and 16 years old. Uh, they, they were wandering around, and they found some caves, and they went into caves, and then you could walk around in the caves, and you could go down this way and up that way, et cetera, et cetera. And there was a lot of water in these caves, lots of water. <laughs> how they got through the water, how they got through the holes in the wall, no one knows. But anyhow, they got lost down there. They went, they were, it's this big rock, it's a, and this rock is more than a mile high. They're one mile inside the rock, okay, and about two and a half miles sideways into the rock. From the top down, they're one mile from the sides of the rock, two and a half miles. They were lost. They have no light. They have no food. They have no medicine. Okay? Rescuers went from all over the world. There are a thousand rescuers there today within 48 hours. All kinds of swimmers, all kinds of divers, because there's water filtering through this rock, these rocks. 
there's holes of different sizes, small, medium, large, and water flooding in and out. Somehow these kids got in there way deep with their coach, and they found them. They were down there for two days, and two British divers found them. And again, the boys are 11 to 16. Now, you say, God bless, they're rescued. Well, we're not rescued yet, but they're found. They're, they have medical attention. They're in good health medically. There are doctors down there right now. They have food now. Somehow they're getting oxygen to them. Problem is, it's very hard to get out of there. Uh, there's no lights, not sure of which way in and out, even though two divers found them. The real problem is this, uh, the water is rising, the water is gushing through. Right now it's rainy season all of a sudden, just like that. Six inches of water an hour is rising, okay, on this mountain and falling into it. Six inches an hour. Now what are we going to do? These kids can't, none of these kids can swim. None of these kids are divers. What they have decided to do is they have to teach these 12 children how to swim and how to dive before they can take them out. Because the only way is you've got to swim your way out and you've got to go under the water for long periods of time. All right? Now, which means they're not going to get these 12 children out today or tomorrow or next week. They say it could take months. Sad situation, but if they found them, they're going to save them. This is a big-time thing. we got United States SEALs there now and everything, and they'll get them. They'll find them, but these 12 kids, they went, they went, they went 10 days without, they were in there 10 days before they were found, without food, without water, without lights, all right? And they survived. They're in good health. Mentally, they're fine, but it's going to take a long time to get them out. But whatever, I think they're guardian angel each one of them had a guardian angel sitting on their shoulder and god in the final analysis was looking out for them i want to talk about anthony kennedy now uh the supreme the justice of the supreme court the associate justice of the supreme court for 30 years the swing vote on the court a conservative at heart but on those social issues that are important to us um you know like birth control and things like that uh, gay marriage, same-sex marriage, etc. He was the vote that went with the liberal side. And on a 5-4 vote, these things passed and became part of our law during his time on the bench. Well, he resigned. He announced his resignation this past week. Big deal. Uh, he did it strangely, though, and it raises questions in some minds. It raises a question in my mind. This is one of my eye-opener accounts I am sharing with you, something you may not be aware of. Number one, when a Supreme Court justice resigns, he resigns until they find someone to replace him. Then he technically leaves the bench. He works up to that day till someone is found, a nominee, designee by the president, approved by a Senate committee, and then approved by a vote of the Senate. This takes time, at least two months, sometimes longer. Uh, and that judge who's retiring sits until the new guy is eligible to take his seat. Kennedy didn't do that. He's out July 30th. He announced, I am gone July 30th. Can be done that way. Extremely unusual. Raise some questions, but well, what the hell, what do we know? Well, things are coming out now. 
And I'm not saying this is a bad guy, Kennedy. And I'm not saying that anything I'm going to talk about, he is guilty of anything wrong. But it smells. And I think before time passes too long, something's going to come out on this uh, that might not going to affect him personally, but it's not going to be nice. Here's the story. Uh, He has a son, Justin. He has a son, Justin. Uh, And Justin is very good friends with Donald Trump and with the Trump children, extremely close with the Trump children. His son, Justin, worked for years with the Deutsche Bank, okay? Now, you got to remember, Trump could not get any money from the banks after he bankrupted those casinos in Atlantic City. The banks wouldn't loan him any, other, any money. He had to go out of the country. It, the suspicion is he went to Russia and got his money. Now, Russian money has been coming into the United States through the Deutsche Bank in Turkey. Now, Justin works with the Deutsche Bank. He's their primary lender on the huge accounts, all right? Before he got a total of, now this is a a total of $2.5 billion has been loaned to the Trump organization over the years. And in the time, in the time that Justin was in charge of the department, all right, one billion of that money was loaned of the two point five was loaned to the Trump organization. The Deutsche Bank is under investigation, has been under investigation for several years now for money laundering. Just sharing. Not making any accusations. In twenty seventeen, that's last year, the Deutsche Bank was fined six hundred and thirty million dollars for money laundering being involved in a money laundering scheme six hundred and thirty million million not billion dollars there again justin and the trump kids are very close friends they have been described as and i quote buddies uh question arises has justin kennedy the judge's son been involved in the Mueller investigation, in the Mueller investigation, has he been involved because of these loans? Doesn't mean the kid did anything wrong, but it's there. Did Kennedy, was Kennedy pressured to resign now? Because all of a sudden he's going to resign. Uh, he's been there a long time. He's entitled to resign. But there are a couple of judges that have been there longer than him that haven't resigned. You're a judge for life when you're on the Supreme Court. Uh, did he do it to protect his son? Now, it sounds like I'm making accusations. I'm not. Wait a couple of days, you'll hear about it, and it'll be developed more. Probably nothing to it, maybe something. Before this year is out, I suspect, we're going to find out a lot about this. Uh, But it won't affect his resignation. It's fine. He can go. We're going to have a new judge who I won't approve of because he's going to be too far to the right, whoever the uh, Trump uh, nominates. Uh, But this is something where politics may be involved in the Supreme Court nomination, and you should be aware and listen and watch the news for what I have just shared with you. Which brings me now also on the issue of the new Supreme Court judge, whoever he's going to be, and Trump has already told us he knows who he's going to pick. Next Monday he's going to announce the new Supreme Court judge. Isn't that wild? Never so fast in the history of man has a new judge been found. Uh, but he's working, I won't get into this, the Federalist Society prepared a list for him, et cetera, et cetera. 
and he's all he's all ready to go. He's using the names from that list, which he said have been properly vetted, but they haven't been vetted. They were vetted by a, a non-governmental organization. He hasn't had anybody in government vet these people, whoever he's going to pick. The Koch brothers, businessmen, polit- contributors to the Republican Party, especially to the far right, uh, because now you know under the the case that was decided several years ago, uh, a corporation can give money to politics because corporations are people too. That's what Scalia told us before he died. Uh, So the Koch brothers have announced that they are prepared to pour millions, millions of dollars into promoting Trump's choice. Can you believe that? And they're going to do it through their organization they have a political organization called Americans for Prosperity Americans for Prosperity they plan to spend money in the seven figures to support Trump's nominee uh, I don't know I don't know I don't know Trump has told us they wanted somebody in the mold of Gorsh Gorsh who they he was his first appointee. We don't know if Gorsuch is a good judge or a bad judge yet, by the way. He hasn't been a judge long enough. Uh, however, he is part of the right. He's a conservative in his vote so far. People change on the bench, though. I want to say that. And if a guy's going to be on there, a woman, for 30 or 40 years, if you appoint him young enough, they will. Kennedy was on for 30 years. Uh, you find a lot of them change. They go from conservative to liberal or from liberal to conservative. Be that as it may, this Cox money is an example of big money attempting, okay, to get involved in government. Now, they can do it, but don't you feel it's wrong? It seems to me that this big money is attempting to establish a society, overall, our American society, governed by the rich. That's true. These people have the money to put in. It comes out of their pockets, a few million dollars here, a few million dollars there. It doesn't hurt them. They've got billions of dollars, 400, 500, 800 billion dollars. Can you imagine that kind of money? And they can spend it on politics. It's a game for them. They believe in what they're doing, though, and it makes money for them. But that's not the way a democracy should run. I don't think a democracy should be run based upon who has the most money. Okay? It's wrong. Absolutely wrong. On the other hand, I got to say, such is life, and that's the way things go today. Want to talk about the EPA chief, Scott Pruitt? This guy is the worst of the worst. This is a typical, I'm not a Donald Trump fan, you know, he's, he's a typical Donald Trump nominee. Uh, he's in the cabinet, he's the head of the Environmental Protection Agency, Clean Water, Clean Air. He is doing more to destroy clean air and clean water than anyone that's ever been in that position. And even the people before him, when there was no governmental authority guaranteeing us clean air and clean water. He's just that kind of a guy. He supports corporate America, industrial America. What the hell do we care if we got some extra carbon monoxide coming out? What do we care if there's some hazardous substances being dumped into a river instead of being disposed of properly so it doesn't affect anyone? Well, anyhow, we get into civility here, too. Civility. All of a sudden, Donald Trump is... The president, and I will say the worst president in our history, he condemns everybody while he was running and since he's been elected. He 
calls people names. He says, nasty people. McCain, he's still knocking McCain. The poor guy's dying of brain cancer, and he's knocking him. He took on the Pope during the campaign. Don't you remember? Of course, he's taken on the Muslims. He took on a Muslim doctor. He's taken on several judges. If you're a Mexican judge, he doesn't like you. I think the man's a racist. I'm going to tell you right now, and I think he's a bigot. And that's why Puerto Rico's in the condition it is today, because they didn't want to take care of them, because they are people of color. Anyhow, Pruitt, he's done a lot of bad things. I don't have to go through all the bad things. They, they should have kicked him out already in a year and a half. Uh, and he's he, a lobbyist. He's staying in a lot apartment owned by a lobbyist, or, and he's paying $50 a night when he stays there in the best part of Washington, D.C., just an example. And this very past week, what did he do that was terrible? He's gone to someone on his staff and asked this person to see if he could get that person on the staff could get his wife a job for <laughs> no less than $200,000 a year. You can't do that if you're a government employee. You can't do that if you're in the president's cabinet. You should know that. Now, civility. Some people have gone out and have been chastising uh, Christian Nielsen uh, in the president's cabinet. Uh, the Sanders woman, who's his communications director. And these people say bad things. In her, and they lie, too. This is what gets me. They lie every day. We know it. And uh, people say, well, you shouldn't criticize them like that. Uh, even Democrats, good Democrats, think it's terrible what was done to Sarah uh, Sanders in that restaurant in Virginia where the woman said, I, don't wanna, I own the restaurant. I don't want you in my restaurant. I don't want to serve you. Well, this week couple days ago, two days ago, three days ago, uh, Pruitt was having lunch in a Washington, D.C. restaurant, and there was a woman there with her family, and she had her two-year-old with her. Her name is Kristen Mink. Kristen Mink. She is a school teacher, and she's anti-Pruitt. She's anti-Trump, too, and she's gone to these rallies. She's out there. She's out in the street doing her thing. Well, she went up to Mink, child, the two-year-old in her arms, and she went up to, rather, Pruitt. And standing there at his table, she said, and I quote, I have to say something. This man is directly and significantly harming my child, she pointed to him, and every child's health, and further, with decisions to roll back environmental regulations for the benefit of big corporations while he uses taxpayer money to fund a lavish lifestyle. She said afterwards to the news media, he's corrupt, he's a liar, he's a climate change denier, and as a public servant, he should not be able to go out in public without hearing from the citizens he's hurting. Without hearing from the citizens he's hearing. Do you like that closing statement? Without hearing from the citizens he's hurting. Now, what's undemocratic about that? What's anti-American about that? Why can't you go out and say that? And why can't other people say that to elected and appointed officials? This is the United States of America. Trump's people say we shouldn't be doing these things. Some Democrats who have lost their heads say we shouldn't be doing this either, and I don't understand them. But this woman had brass testicles and did what she thought was correct. Which keeps me in the issue of, we're told by some Democrats, we've got to be civil to the Republicans. You know, the Republicans are nasty. When you're in a war, 
When the Democrats are in a war with the Republicans, the Republicans go for the jugular. They slit your throat. They don't pussyfoot around. They're down and dirty. But the Democrats, they always try to be nice because they want the public to like them and so forth. We are in a war for the soul of our nation, the soul of our nation. Our democracy is slowly, more rapidly now, being taken away from us, and we should do something. And we should not be civil. We should call a spade a spade and say, you're screwing things up and I don't like you. Now, Eugene Robinson, Washington Post columnist, uh, this past week, in one of his articles entitled, in the Washington Post, Democrats must channel anti-Trump fervor into winning midterms. And here's what he said, and I quote, let me get this straight. President Trump and his associates treat politics like a back alley knife fight. But his critics are supposed to pretend it's a garden party. His critics, meaning the Democrats, are supposed to pretend it's a garden party. I think so. And then he closed his article with this paragraph. The remedy is not for progressives to choose their words oh so carefully and hope no one takes offense. It is to be loud and clear and tough as nails in fighting back. And we must fight back. Where am I? Ice. Helicopter. Now, I'm going to get into an ice, another, ice another time. I'm preparing a whole column for this for the local newspaper. I want to talk about something I found very interesting, the change, change of pace comment here. Uh, jail outside of France, outside of Paris, rather. A helicopter three or four days ago, Sunday, Sunday morning, about 11.20, a helicopter uh, set down. In the center of the jail, in the center of the walls, the, the open-air place, picked up a guy by the name of Rudine Fain and flew away. The guy escaped with a helicopter coming in and leaving. Well, you know, that sounds interesting. I remember hearing about this once or twice in my life. I recall seeing a movie about it about 30 years ago. So I did a little research. Turns out there have been 49 attempted escapes with a helicopter from a jail, from a penitentiary. 30 have been successful, 19 failed. Not a bad track record. There's also been seven movies made about this. I saw one of them. It was either Breakout or Crybaby. And there have been several TV shows made. So it's a common thing, and it's been done once again. And i got to tell you, I admire this guy. I don't, you know, he's a crook. He should stay in jail, but got to give him credit for being able to get out that way. It is unique. Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez, she is the Democrat socialist candidate in the Democratic primary in Queens, New York, who in the primary beat Joseph Crawley, a man who had been in the House of Representatives of the United States for 20 years. Nobody ever heard of her. Nobody expected her to beat the guy. She's only 28 years old. Uh, She's described as a radical because she's a Democrat socialist. So I've done a little reading on her. Here's what she stands for. Here's what she stood for in the campaign. Free tuition. I think we should have free tuition in this country. I mean, then our kids wouldn't graduate owing all these goddamn money they're never going to be able to pay back. I, I, I just think education should be a matter of right, free education. Let's educate our people. Uh, She believes in true universal health care. I'm absolutely for true universal health care. She she believes in reinstating Glass-Siegel. So do I. And she believes in calling out Israelis 
for shooting Palestine a couple of months ago in a massacre when it was a massacre, and I did. I wrote about this, and I was criticized for it. Now, this is what you campaign on. These are all the things I believe in. Does that make me a socialist? I never thought I was. I'm a liberal. I don't deny it. Socialist, I don't know. That's a step further. Is my party going that way? Is that what being a progressive will be? I don't know. But I don't know what's so terrible in what she stands for. Robots. <laughs> this is why I love robots. This whole country, is, we're going to lose so many jobs, and we are losing so many jobs because of artificial intelligence, robots, etc. cetera. Uh, Trump can't bring companies back and bring jobs back because those companies now use robots. Do you see what I'm saying? He should be spending the time and money educating people to do the new jobs to supplement robot work. Well, anyhow, uh, Massachusetts is studying this and is very serious. There are robots now which will grade student essays, essays by computer. And I don't know. Teachers don't like it. Uh, I don't see how, you know, when you're writing an essay, if it's a one-word answer, yes or no, I can see how a robot can do it. But I don't know how you do it when you're writing an essay and you have a concept involved, you've got a thought process. I don't think it will work, but Massachusetts is going to try it. All right, that's my show for this week. Remember, it's archived. Most of you listen to my show, not tonight, Tuesday night, 9 to 9.30. You listen to it during the week. Thank you for listening to it. All I know is my numbers go up every week. I love all of you who listen to this show. I can't believe how big the show is getting the audience. And, again, I thank you. My book, Irma and Me, it's out there. Started selling slowly now. It's been out a year, almost a year, or seven months, I think. If you haven't bought the book, buy it. Amazon.com costs you $14.95. I make a whole $3 on it. But, uh, no, I would like you to read it. It's interesting about experiencing a hurricane of magnitude firsthand. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>